We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, Jonathan Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. And uh, you know this is a special one because, no, it is not our, our usual Sunday show. But Jeremy Cohen is here with me. Hello again, Jeremy. Long time no talk. Hey, John. Yeah, this is a very special day. Great opportunity that we had and pretty exciting. This was really, really cool. So it's cool for a number of reasons. One, because we're as we're recording this, it's like uh, 13 or so hours after... Uh, the Knicks had, uh, I mean, just a, a night to remember us, to put it lightly. Um, but also, Jeremy and I had uh, the privilege, pleasure, uh, any of those sorts of words, to talk to Bobby Marks uh, of ESPN, of course, um, longtime front office um, individual, uh, has uh, has hours worth of stories that I wish we had time for on this pod. But we focused on the matter at hand, which again are these Knicks and uh, some of the the things that they are considering moving forward, not only into this trade deadline, but um, in the off season to come. And uh, yeah, Jeremy and I got a chance to talk to him. It's the interview you're about to hear. Uh, Jeremy, anything uh, from you before we, we get to it? Last thing is we've got a special announcement. So stay tuned until the end because we've got something cooking. Yes. Uh, something indeed cooking. So after uh, Bobby leaves, stick around for an extra minute and you will hear uh, that special announcement on that note. Without further ado, here is our conversation with Bobby Marks. Joining us now on the Knicks Film School podcast. This is exciting. Um, it is always a thrill to get a chance to talk to someone who I have followed and I know Jeremy has followed uh, for a very long time. Uh, he is the standard bearer uh, in the industry when it comes to uh, looking at teams from a slightly more analytical perspective. Not that we don't love what some of his colleagues get up and, and yell about on, uh, you know, get get up first take and all those sorts of things. Uh, but so, sorry, Bobby, I, I was going to bring on Kendrick Perkins to talk about some cat mechanics. I, I think he's busy today. So um, ESPN's Bobby Marks, how you doing? 
I'm good. You know, you know, if you if you brought Perk on, what he would probably say is just he goes, you know, just ask Bobby. Because <laughs> when Perk and I find it's funny, and I love Perk when he's on TV and he's you know throwing out like, hey, they should trade Jimmy Butler or someone, you know, and then yeah. and they'd be like, well, who do you want to trade him for? And he'd be like, oh, just ask Bobby. He can figure that out for you and stuff like that. But no, I'm. Hey, I'm thrilled to be on with you guys. Uh, I teased this morning. I said, yeah, perfect. Good timing, right? Good timing. Um, if you're a New York Knicks fan out there, as far as how well this team has played, and uh, it feels like the Eastern Conference has certainly opened up a little bit, right? It's not a one-team race or two-team race that maybe we all we all thought about it when you look at Milwaukee's struggles and a new coach and the Embiid injury and... Um, in uh in philadelphia and sure. um it's it's um there's a there's a lot in boston you know losing i mean certainly the laker loss we, i think yes. should open up some eyes a little bit um maybe men- mental toughness right um so we'll see but um but yeah it's um as you guys know it's good to be uh it's good to be a new york knicks fan so that's kind of where I want to start because we're we're fans. We uh, you know, the phrase of the last few days has been kind of jumping out the window. You know, we're you know, a lot of a lot of us uh are more measured than others and it, you know, there's been a lot of a lot of bad years. So when you when yeah. you give yourself over emotionally to a team, uh it, you know, sometimes it could take a lot. And I'm just curious to start out just generally from a front office perspective, so you're, you know, let's put you in Leon Rose's seat for a minute and you're watching this and there's clearly something brewing here. Um, how how much do you look at what's going on? And I, I almost want to say, like, treat it as evidence. I mean, it's, it's all evidence. Right. But in terms of we have a trade deadline now that we're, you know, it's six days from, from yeah. today and you you obviously have a responsibility to be, you know, to be responsible, you know, and not get caught up at the moment. But at the same time. There's something going on here. You're going to Jalen Brunson doing what he's doing from a front office perspective. How do you balance all of this at at, at once? Yeah. I mean, I think there's part there's, there's certainly that part of you that fan, you know, when you work in a front front office, you're also a fan, right? Like you're rooting for, you know, what's on the court. Um, There's part of you certainly like, okay, like let's go all more all in than we were willing to do. Now, what does that mean? I, and I, and I, and I joked about it the other night. I said, like, you know, when everyone in Lakerland wants to trade, I said, well, it takes, you know, it takes a dance partner to go out there and dance, right? Like you have to, like, I, for, I think people forget that, like, if you're going to make a trade, it takes somebody else to cooperate with you here. And uh, so what is, what does that mean? What is, you know, there's, there's no, there's no disgruntled all-star out there right now, right? There's no, and I don't think New York needs to go out and get them. Like a year ago, I remember being in Publix and Kyrie Irving asked to be traded. Right, we're the Friday before, yeah, Friday before the trade deadline, and there's nobody really out there. But on the other end, I think if you're if you're Leon in the front office, I I think you have to look at it where you had you know you've got the the Julius injury with you know he's out a couple weeks here, probably through the least break, yeah, at least. And you had a lot of guys play heavy minutes last night and against Indiana, right? You basically it was they treated like a playoff game. Right, you basically had like a seven man, six or six man rotation, I guess, with Deuce as a guy coming off the bench, and every guy, everyone played thirty five plus minutes, and you still and you shot eight for twenty eight or eight for thirty from three. Okay, so you squeezed. You know, I didn't realize Dante was like eight for twenty six. Yeah. I think, and then like because he made so many big shots at the end, right? Like the, that's, the shots he made, there was a mid ranger that was massive yes. in the moment. Yeah, 
um, so there is, so there is the obligation there. Like, okay, um, can we um, not touch our core guys, but maybe look for a, a back end of, and maybe we need another big, or maybe we need another score off the, another shooter off the bench here. And how do we go about doing that where we're not touching any of our ones? Or if we do, maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's the Washington or Detroit one that's mm. protected long, you know, out. And, you know, you certainly we've, you've got that Fournier contract that's sitting there where you really don't have to do anything. Like, I think it's kind of a misconception where like, it's like, once you get into, once you get past the trade deadline and Fournier is on your roster, like, Oh my God, like we're yeah. screwed now because you could always exercise it uh, in the off season and then look to move them. Um, you know, and you know, that's kind of the, you know, where I would see that going because I think, I think you would trend more towards that because it's a tradable contract here. But I do think for right now, yeah, I think there is an obligation to continually like look for, you know, some trimming around the edges type deals where you're not, you're not, nobody likes to overhaul their roster when you're good, right? Because there's, because you guys know, it's like, there is this locker room dynamic too. Like these guys like each other. Like there is a genuine, and I remember, and I always use this example. I remember when, uh, um, Evan Turner was traded. Uh, Danny Granger got traded from Indiana to Philly for Evan yeah. Turner, and and I think that was the year New York might have played them in the second round. Maybe, yeah, I think it might have been that like 2012 or 2012 13 somewhere. season. Yeah. yeah, and I remember like things were going great in Indiana, and like all of a sudden, like, and I'm not saying Evan Turner was a bad, like, it just the dynamics there, right? Like the and I think Granger might have even been hurt. But the dynamics of the locker room kind of, you know, shifted a little bit here. Um, and I think, yeah, New York has something great going on right now. I mean, since the uh, OG trade, they've been the best team in the NBA here. Um, and I do think there's an obligation from the front office that, yes, we have to continually look for kind of marginal type deals where, where maybe we get a stretch for, you know, to kind of help. Or maybe we get a, an insurance, maybe we get a, a veteran point guard as an insurance policy just in case there. I, you brought up the Fournier contract. I have a feeling Jeremy's going to uh, ask about that. I just want a quick follow up on that, because ter- you mentioned locker room dynamics, and you mentioned since the trade again, something something's clicking. You know, whatever it is. How much as a front office executive during this time of year do you really? I, not that you, I'm sure you always do this, but even especially when you have something like this going on, rely on your pers- pro personnel scouts to be like, okay, what? what how is this guy going to fit? Like how, how does that become almost more important as when you're making a trade in season? Yeah. I mean, it's almost like you're, um, and I always think that pro personnel, and this is nothing against college scouts. And I, and it's funny, we, we make such an emphasis during the draft and it would, and it's for two picks, right? Maybe, you know, and where, and you're and it's guys who are making three or $4 million. And the pro personnel department, I think, is more important than the college scouting department. I really do, because I think that's kind of where you can add, you know, whether it be, as I said, kind of a rotational player, or maybe you have to get a starter. But here where here's where it comes in important. And this is where, you know, if, not just the Knicks, but everyone, they're they're out there before the game. You guys see them two hours sitting, sitting, watching sh- sh- warm up, shoot around. And it's more, it's less about like, we could all figure out who can play and who can't play, but it's more about personality. It's more about the personality, the background of that player, what kind of teammate he is as far as how he would fit in with, um, how he would fit in with this group. And I think the beauty with Leon is, and you know, when he got hired, um, 
right before the pandemic, I think in nine, 2020, right? February 20, I think Leon got hired. Right yeah, officially there. March, but yeah. And the, and the big thing was, oh, he's, you know, he's, a you know, this big time CA agent. He's going to bring all those guys, right? He's going to bring the stars to New York. Yeah. What he's done is he's brought, yeah, Jalen and um and josh and you know randall at the time was a ca client because he knew the guys he knew their personality he knew the dynamic he knew going out and, and signing um divincenzo this offseason because there was already a relationship with um with brunson and hart right like the villanova guys here he knew going out and you know and we don't talk about ryan at all as far as you know ryan doesn't play at all but don't overlook the importance as a, as you as the 13th and 14th player on that roster here. So I think that's the dynamic as far as if you're a pro personnel scout, it's it's less about like, yeah, we know we that player can help us. But as far as the dynamic, as far as what the locker room is and what type of personality that player has. It's a great point. And I think that's something a lot of fans often overlook when they try to be GMs, which I don't blame them for, is we've all worked with someone who we're not fans of and so uh to you're talking about me thanks a, i appreciate that yeah I, well i didn't want to say your name but everyone it's knows fine. Uh, the just having having that person in your building who maybe you don't want to interact with on a daily basis and, and how that impacts the chemistry and as things are flowing and with that said as the knicks kind of go along when they're looking to add someone how they incorporate that player is kind of twofold number one how do you balance that and number two, I look at this Knicks team that has actually been red hot since the uh, OG Ananobi and Precious Achua trade. Yeah, Malik, I fully. <laughs> uh, Listen, no, no I got rid. I got. I remember when I when I when the when the Ananobi trade happened, and I said when, we, when I did my my the, our YouTube video that we do after each trade, I said like, "Listen, you like you watch." I thought Achua had been better in Pirtle in Toronto, oh. and, I'm, and and people were like, "Oh my god!" Like, and I'm like, "No, no." Listen, his minutes went down last year after the Pirtle trade. Achua's minutes here, where it became, you know, significantly down. And I thought he filled a role, right? Like he's not going to go out and give you 20. You know, I mean, I don't think you want him shooting 16 attempts a night, right? Like last night was a little, you know, basically it's kind of like all you know, all hands on deck as far as what you, you basically had like, you know, seven or eight guys that you can you can play here and and stuff like that. So, you know, like, yeah, you could say the Achua, the, the two trades, right? The Ananobi trade and the uh and, and the Achua trade there. And it is. I mean, it's two trades since they broke it up, right? Into a, a quote unquote. But uh, in terms of the Knicks and how they've been operating, they're 19th in efficiency since getting OG Ananobi. Is that something that the Knicks should be prioritizing yeah. as they look through the trade market? And if yeah. so, what type? I mean, I know you mentioned it at the four, but is it more of a lead ball handler, especially with Deuce emerging, even if he's playing more off ball? I think there's, there's, a, there's a difference between playoff depth and regular season depth. And right now, New York is is at playoff depth right now because of the injuries, right? I mean, that's and I and that's what I said before. Like, the minutes are eventually going to catch up here. Eventually, you are going to catch like you know the the grind. You know, eventually, one of the, you know I don't know if it will be the Laker game or one of these games is like you know one of these guys might not have it, right? So it's going to be who's the next man up here. Um, that would be kind of the one thing as far as, yeah, I mean, I, I think Deuce has been good. And listen, you want to roll him out there in the playoffs and, you know, in, 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 you know, you guys know playoff basketball. You're basically playing seven guys, 
you know, you're basically, unless something drastically happens here, as far as an, an injury, I mean, you're playing seven guys and it's like 38 too. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. What you saw last night against Indiana is playoff basketball. Like yeah. that's the minutes, you know, and stuff low. So I think you have to be careful going out and getting a veteran. And then all of a sudden, and I, I saw this in you, this is, I'm dating you guys. We went out and got Hubert Davis. This is a uh, former Nick Hubert listen. Davis. This is, this is 0304, right? Great shooter. Yeah, good shooter, great shooter. Hu- Hubert was kind of a little bit past his time. Then we went out and got him in a, in a um um in a in a trade, and we really didn't have a role for him, right? And it kind of soured on him as far. as... So I think you have to be careful going out and getting guys who are coming in, averaging twenty five minutes, and then all of a sudden there's no role for them, or it's going to be a guy that you know spot minutes, um there. But I do think. You know, you have to kind of walk that balancing act because I do think, yeah, maybe you can get another shooter, right? Can you get another, you know, guy? I, I mean, I always thought like, you know, Alec Burks would have been perfect, right? Like, just kind of like, you know, I mean, how do you, you know, you're willing to do the Fournier contract for Burks, who's going to be an expiring contract, and it's basically a, a three, a four month rental potentially here. You know, I threw out Olinick, you know, in Utah, and I know just as a stretch big, a guy that can kind of stretch the floor and and and. and Kind of insurance there, but you might not see Kelly Olynyk in a playoff series. I mean, that's the that's the reality here. So that's where you have to be. Um, you'd love, like as I said, like playoff a regular season depth is basically twelve guys, 10, 12 guys that you can play. And barring an injury, you know, you can kind of shuttle in here. Um, and then, but as I said, playoff depth is you know you're playing seven or eight guys, but and and you do have to be careful there. Uh, I'm happy you brought up Olynyk because that was when the Mitch injury happened. Immediately, everybody's attention turned to. Uh, well, they they need to bring in a center, and then Isaiah Hartenstein stepped into the lineup. And if you believe certain advanced metrics, you could say he's been like the best, literally the best defensive center in the sport. I mean, I know yeah. that some of those maybe go overboard. He's been awesome, and then he injures his Achilles, misses two games, and we, if you remember back to last season, first 30, 40 games of the year, he did not look like what he's looked like ever since because he was dealing with an Achilles. And you have now Precious emerging. And like Sims, you know, again, you use the term rotation big. He's, I think he's a rotation big. And then you have Mitch, who's supposed to be coming back. And we'll see how that goes. You got Hardenstein's also his unrestricted free agency coming up. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious. It, it, this is more of a big picture question than necessarily mm-hmm. a trade deadline question. But when you have a singular position that has, there's more balls in the air than you probably would like to if you had your druthers as a front office person like do you just kind of like well i guess we got to roll with it and and figure it out as it goes along like how how do you or do you try to get a grasp on everything and you have like all the you know the 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 whiteboard beam with all the different arrows pointing out like if this then that like how do you you deal with that well, because there's a financial component too, right? Of like course, that's, yeah. I mean, we all love talking about the bat, uh, uh, what's on the core and X's and O's, and but there's like that financial component to building, you know, and that's the beauty of the NBA. It's kind of different than other sports, and and the rules are complicated here. So here's here's how I look at it. OG's contract's probably going to double, right? Yeah. Thirty five, thirty six, somewhere probably. Maybe we get the Sam Rose discount here, right? So you have. Hartenstein, who's got early bird rights. Yeah. Okay. So you're looking at, is it 13 million, somewhere around there? 13, I think that's the number for early bird. So that's the most New York can pay him. I don't think it's hard for me to, centers these days don't 
I don't know. Maybe some team comes in with a crazy number. So I was gonna. Get, I, I wanted to ask you about that. Do you th- like this? Do you think there's actually a team that has cap space? You know like, what? I've I had a at the team, market and I don't. I had a team ask me about a not him about a player um, on their roster uh, that had is in the same situation, different position here, and we okay. and we basically kind of went through the process of elimination here, right? Like sure. who need like you could say there's eight teams with cap space, but that don't matter, like no. right? But you are you going to go out and pay a center? 17 18 million dollars per year like maybe is detroit detroit doesn't need it is charlotte gonna do like these you know the is that a priority like point guards are priorities here right like as far as we look at the average salary per position centers is on the bottom here like Mm -hmm. it's it's just the reality of the the situation here so you throw in let's say 13 million dollars for him and then all of a sudden the numbers start to you know, they start to, to creep up here and everything. Um, so I think if you're New York, like I would be, if I'm going to, you know, say, you know what, I'm not sure when Mitch comes back. Isaiah has been through a couple injuries here. Um, you know, we've, we got Taj on a 10 day, um, you know, precious has been good for us. You know, as you said, Jericho, like maybe there's an insurance guy as far as like on an expiring here, or maybe it's, I don't know, is it Taj that you just signed for the rest of the season just for, you know, can he, what can he do for you? But I wouldn't, I would be hesitant going out and like going out and getting a center that's got life, like life on his contract past, past this year. What's up, Knicks fans? Quick break to tell you about our new sponsor, Prize Picks. Not only are they the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, but they're also the easiest and most exciting way to play. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, it's just you against the numbers, picking more than or less than on a two to six player stat projection. With the NBA season more than midway through and the NFL season with just three games left, now is as good a time as any to pick combo projections across sports from the the specials league. For example, on any given night, take Jalen Brunson over in points, Julius Randle over in rebounds, or OG Ananobi over in steals. Then combine it with two NFL props, like Patrick Mahomes over in passing yards, or Christian McCaffrey over in touchdowns. Prize Picks is a really simple way to play. Prize Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts. Like on Taco Tuesday each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Prize Picks now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account all basketball season. You know what to do. Go to prizepicks.com slash KFS and use code KFS for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash KFS and use code KFS for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks. It's daily fantasy sports made easy. I also think you're onto something with the Sam Rose discount. I don't know. They still... And I love Sam Rose, so I'm just kidding. I'm kidding here. I don't want the phone call. We <laughs> love Sam Rose. <laughs> we, we, we're big fans of Sam Rose. That was a great contract that he got for Jalen Brunson. Uh, it's, it's a, well, the, and it's a great... The only thing... Listen, real quick on Jalen. The only thing I, I get concerned about on Jalen... And, and you look at how New York has structured some of their deals and stuff. The only thing I can get concerned on it is that it descends. And it's great for New York, right? I love descending contracts. Sign me up for those. Like, <laughs> Is the extension. Yeah. That's and I get that from a, when I when agents call me a lot and they say like you know hey um, what do you think of my guy and this is, and I and I say yeah and I'm like but be careful on the last year right mm. like w- Wendell Carter Jr is a great example that's going cool. Wendell Carter Jr contract is terrific but the last year of the deal is ten million dollars even with the new CBA rules 140 percent off ten million is it's it becomes a challenging here so when you look at it for 
where Jalen, I think I, I tweeted it out. I think it was like uh, 156. Yeah. yeah. 156. Four. I think he yeah, ain't so, signing that. You know, he ain't signing. That. I mean, it's 34, 35 per year. So that's, and listen, there's a relationship and he loves it there and all. And so I wouldn't say like, I wouldn't be like, it's not like, it's not like Donovan Mitchell this off, upcoming offseason. If Donovan Mitchell doesn't sign an extension in Cleveland, then I'm if I'm in Cleveland, I'm like, oh man, like we it's we can offer him. This is the most, right? This is mo- the most under the CBA, four for two hundred, right? Like this is where it is. Where with with Jalen, it's like you know if he didn't, it doesn't sign an extension. It's not a red flag, right? Yeah. It's a business decision. It's a business decision that. I can play out the 24, 25 season, become a free agent if I decline my player option in 25, and then sign for, you know, 30% of, of the salary cap um here. It's the same with, you know, Brooklyn's gonna go through this and it's a little bit different. They're gonna go to with this with uh, Mikhail Bridges. You know, Bridges, and I, you know, it, you go from one extreme to the other. Like the his rookie extension in Phoenix was great. You know, four for ninety and stuff. But what happens is, is that when you're when in your last year, um, you're making twenty three million, and you go one hundred and forty percent off that. It's not as much as you probably think, and that's where, just going on a little tangent here. That's where I thought the one thing the league and the PA should have done a little bit better was the extension rules, and make it allowable that you can extend for the percentage of the cap. Right? If you if you have if you have seven years of service going into that year where you're extension eligible, then you should be able to extend for 30% of the cap. Or if you've got uh, 10 plus years, it should be up to 35%. And I like the 140% rule and it helps a lot of people out. But what you're going to see with Brunson and probably Mikhail is that these guys probably playing out their, their contract here. So now that we're talking more in terms of the finances. You're Leon Rose. Yeah. Do you, does this season impact your decision to go into the tax or to stay below it? Because a lot of fans bring attention to moves that would vault the Knicks into the tax. And as I've said to them, it's listen, the Knicks could do that. It's, it's James Dolan's money, but there's the repeater tax. You don't have to care about James yeah. Dolan's money, but the Knicks very well might. So with that being said, where do you stand on the matter? I don't think the luxury tax moving forward is as dangerous as it used to be. Um, and I, 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 I say that because in starting in 25, 26, the bracket, so we go, the, you know, the luxury tax bracket. So you go zero to five, five to 10 based on where you are. Right. So if you're, if you're paying, um, if you're $3 million over, you're paying like a dollar 50 for every dollar over. Right. The brackets get lowered now. So basically what the league is saying, like, we'll, we're not going to penalize you as much if you're uh, $3 million over, it's going to be dollar for dollar. Right. So it's so it's not as dangerous as the apron stuff. The apron stuff is dangerous here because it limits you from roster building here. Like I said um, this on TV the other day, I said, like it used to be, and this is when uh, Miami did the Rozier trade, it used to be that that Pat Riley would go into Mickey Harrison's office and say, hey, we're just going to cost us an additional $30 million towards the tax. Now what's happening is that they're Mickey Harrison say, well, what does it do to the first apron? What does it do to the second apron? Are we going to have cash available to go out and send? Is our 2032 um, first going to be frozen? Can we aggregate contracts and stuff like that? And I think when your teams um, that where New York is and they're in a terrific spot, that's what you have more concern about is that these apron rules. So the apron is $7 million over the luxury tax uh, for the first. It's $17 million over the, over the luxury tax for the second. So next year or this upcoming 24, 25, it's $190 million. Like there's no danger of getting there, but 
as you guys see where Phoenix is, right? You don't want, I, and I, you don't want to be where Phoenix is. And I like, listen, I've been, I always said, Hey, if you're going to go all in, all in, go all in. Right. But what happens is Phoenix is a terrific 30 game team during the regular season. Like if there was a 30 game schedule, I'd be like, sign that team up for going 25 and five. Right. Yeah. But when you have nine guys on a minimum salaries, and you don't have any first round picks at your control, it makes it extremely hard to build out your back end of your roster, right? Like uh, Boston's going to go through it with Derek White eventually. He's going to become a free agent and you got to figure out how, if you're going to have to pay him. And there's a lot of teams like that here. So I think for New York, I, I wouldn't be as concerned about the luxury tax, um, especially that the tax is going to be coming down. The distribution amount is going to be coming down. Like we're not going to see Golden State paying $186 million towards the tax anymore next year. Like that, like teams are starting to realize that. So the money you get back is not going to be great. And you got to get into the repeater, man. You got to be there four years. Like that, you got to make you make it. You got to make a commitment. <laughs> you got to make a commitment to, to spend here. So I wouldn't worry about tax. I would, con, you know, long big picture look out for that. You know, that apron. You know, the first and second apron there. So with that being said, if the Knicks were to bring someone in, think of when healthy, right? And realistically, as opposed to Mitchell Robinson, if they get Julius Randle back over the yeah. next few weeks, you're looking at the same starting five. You've got. This new addition, Deuce McBride, who can't be traded, yeah. Quentin Grimes, Precious yeah. Chua, and, um, and Josh Hart. Yeah. So that's 10 players with this new person. I don't particularly want to move or want to see Quentin Grimes be moved yeah. midseason. I'd rather push it towards the end of the season. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's a long-term future with his next salary and the money that the Knicks have. But if you're to consider the new player, how number one, how... Do you think is it too much to impact Quentin Grimes? Where if you bring someone in, you almost have to find a solution moving him. And number two, where would you rank Grimes in terms of as an asset of no, uh, sure. of Grimes? Yeah, and the four protected picks that the Knicks own and their own twenty twenty four first this year. Man, I got to write this question down. Sorry, I know. It was uh, no, no, I'm kidding. I got it. So I think you you hit a great point as far as like big picture when 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 you get Randall back and Mitch, like who, like all right. So now you go out and got to get a guy, right? Where's how's he going to play? Yeah. Where's he playing? That's that's the beauty of like making trades in the in season is hard because then like the, the the only positive with the trade deadline and how they've changed it is that the deadline now is before all-star break it used to be after, right? It used to be off there. So you, at least you have a window, like a 10 day window there to incorporate that player with a couple of games. And then you have the break there. That's, that's where, you know, that's the hard part is like, where's that player going to play? Right. And even if you, let's say, cause Fournier is not part of your, your rotation here. So even if you moved Evan out and let's just say, um, you went out and got Malcolm Brogdon. I'm just throwing it out there and gives you another ball handler here. Um, insurance policy, veteran insurance policy for players. Like, you know, is he, is he going to, what's he going to play 10, 12 minutes? Right. Is he going to be maybe a replacement for Brunson when you need to maybe like rest him? That Does Jalen want to rest? I don't know. You know, like, is it more of like, it's, it's almost like what, what you probably want, and I'll use a baseball terminology. You want a middle reliever. You want a guy that can come in and you in in sixth and seventh inning. It's sixth and seventh inning, right? For a for a guy to come in and if you're a lefty specialist to come in and kind of you know you know you need one out in the seventh. And those guys are hard to get at the trade deadline. So that's kind of where like you want that eleventh and twelfth guy to kind of be that that person here. 
as far as what you have, as far as the, the draft assets, listen, Grimes is um, going into an extension year, um, but he's, he's not an expi- I don't look at it as an expiring contract because he's going to be restricted. He could be a restricted free agent here. So the team, if you want to go out and acquire him, you have protection as far as what you, you you're losing him in free agency. It's not a clear cut. I mean, I think you saw it with, I think you saw it with um, Emmanuel, like, you know, he, and they're different players, but there's, there was value there because Toronto knew they could can resign him and had the, the ability to resign him um, this, this coming off season here. As far as, um, as far as your picks, listen, you're um, who knows what happens with the wizards in Detroit first. Like I always, I call them like 50 cents on a dollar first. Right. Like, I don't know. I mean, who knows where these rosters are going to be? Maybe, you know, three years from now or two years from now. And it could be a, maybe a lottery pick that wizards pick. I think the protection keeps on coming down. Um, Detroit. I mean, I would say you, you might want to rely on that turning into a couple seconds um, because of how the, the language is in there. Milwaukee in 25, I think it's, what is it? Top four protected. Four. Yeah. Pelicans get it. If it's, yeah. yeah. Listen, who knows? Who knows, man? You know, like who knows this team could lose in the first round. I don't think so. But, and then like shit explodes, you know, like, and then all of a sudden it's like, you know, like the 14th pick in the draft. Like, I don't know. And then the Dallas one it's I would think it's, going to be conveyed this year. I mean, it should have been conveyed last year. Um, so you're looking at probably late teens in an average to below average draft. But that doesn't, that's okay. You know, you you can find value. I mean, tell you know, Miami found value at with uh Jaime. Uh Golden State find found value with Brandon Budzimski, right? Guys who have been in college four years here. Um, and then all your own, and then you got swaps and stuff like that here. So I think certainly your own first are, are valuable because you can protect them, you can leave them unprotected here, almost like what Cleveland did, what um what Minnesota did. But then as far as the pecking order, I would probably put I don't know. I would probably put the Milwaukee first, the Dallas first, um, and then the two, you know, the two that, and then you got a ton of seconds too. I think you got like 11 seconds to play around with if you, if you wanted to do something there too. Uh, Bob, you've been incredibly generous with your time. A couple more and then we'll get you out of yeah. here. I, I, I have to ask one thing because again, I, might have a chance to talk to you before the summertime. Should, I, you, should so I take you, a sip of my coffee first when you ask her? Is there you going to, yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> So you tweeted, and we just referenced it. You tweeted Jalen Brunson um, is, is it going to be able to sign an extension yeah. uh, this summer? Uh, he's not the only Nick All Star that is yeah. going to be able to sign an extension this summer. And look, we we're big fans of Julius Randle here yeah. in Knicks Film School. Uh, I mean, not you know the history, man. Not, I do. Not too many players come through here and make three All Star teams, let alone two All yeah. NBA teams. He's and he's been a horse uh, despite this this recent injury. You also, though, do have a, a term which I, I think I don't know. Is it you or, or Brian invented the "oh Max"? Who 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 came? Oh, up with I have my own language for those Max. And Wendy has his, Wendy has the fun Max, and then yes, the guys for um like the ten years I have the O blank Max. Um, <laughs> like so, we were texting about it, and I uh, I want to um uh, so we both have our we we're but we're in the same mindset as far as okay. what they are right. I, I, I do want to be very clear about this. I'm not yes. suggesting that Julius Randle at any amount of money is going to turn into a bad contract, but you, yeah. you have a player who, you know, where he slots in on the league hierarchy. Like we kind of know yeah. what Julius is. We know what, what he is in. You, you, you are now entering a summer where 
the, I would assume those sorts of conversations would happen. Yeah. Um, and again, it's like the vibes are great here. A lot of good stuff going on. There's also a lot of balls in the air. Are mm-hmm. you, are you at this point, if you're, if you're Leon Rose already kind of, how are you handling it? How are you thinking ahead about that? Yeah. And with different representation too, right? Julius well, with, with, um, with Bill Duffy now at WME here, I think, and listen, I give Julius a lot of credit, man. Because he, and he even, I think he know like he was got, and you guys know he was got awful in the beginning. Like we were, you know, and the, the, we get stats from our analytics guys and the numbers were, you know, like, we're just like, holy God. And was this guy going to, could this guy turn, especially, you know, how it ended? Like, you know, the playoffs have not been kind to Julius Randle, right? Like, and you guys know that. Um, so, yes, I would say that as far as an extension, uh, that would be something I would consider. I want to see him in the playoffs. Okay. Okay. I want to see, I want to, I want another body of work in the playoffs here. Regular, we, I know what he can do in the regular season. Okay. Yep. I know what he can do in the regular season. I would be careful. Yeah. The max at, you know, at $45 million, I'd be careful with that. I would be extremely, extremely careful because those contracts tend to not age well. And then you get to a point and you're like, oh, we got to attach something to get rid of it. That's right. I think you see it with like the, like, with like Jeremy and I'm, Jeremy Grant's at a five for one sixty, and I'm not saying that's where Julius is. Julius might be more, but Jeremy's in- increases over the year. Kuzma comes down, so I think if if anything that if you're in New York, you would you would want you either you would want to do something flat, or you okay. would want to decrease it there. But I, for me to say that, do I think Julius Randle's a fifty million dollar player? I don't. I, I I don't. I mean that, and that's just, and that's nothing to it. It's just like what the CBA has forced is going to force teams to do is a big jigsaw puzzle, right? It's, it's it's your two main guys, right? And he might be him and Brunson could be your two main guys, but what happens now? What you have three main guys with OG, so now you're going to have, so now you're going to have um, Brunson making. Like, I'm just throwing this out there, forty million dollars. This is down the road here, um, in let's say twenty in 2025, you're going to have um, OG making. $38 million. And then you're going to have Randall making $40 million. Like it catches up like the, the, and what we saw was, and I, everyone thought the cap was going to take this big jump this um, next year. Like everyone was like, and when you guys see the numbers when they come out and, and it's, and I, I kept on saying like, like, it's not like, it's only going to, it's only going to go up like 4% and it's up going up 3%, 3.7%. And it's, you know, the, the cap's not going, we're not going to see 2016 again here where it takes the even with the new TV money coming in, because we're, it's capped at 10% here. Um, so I think you just have to be careful as far as, and yeah, I mean, I think if he continues to play well and he gets back healthy and he has a terrific playoff series, definitely. Um, I think there's extension talks here, but for me to, I, I mean, I'm not paying four for two, four, two forty. you know, I mean, that's, that's a, you know, that's a huge, huge number. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So I'll take us home with the two-parter. The first is Knicks fans obviously have a wandering eye about stars. It's natural. Yeah, I would know. Outside of Philadelphia, are there any teams that Knicks fans should just be mindful of as they approach the deadline? Well, and the second, and just second one is what is your favorite trade deadline story from when you were an executive? Oh my God. Jeez. Let's, let's do the first one first. (laughs) Uh, Outside of, well, Philadelphia is, it's interesting because like, so what, I mean, I'm sure we'll wait and see what the Embiid, uh, when we heard uh, on Thursday, but what the final outcome will be here. And as far as how, how aggressive does Philadelphia become now, as far as what they do with, um, you know, they've got a bunch of, dra- a couple, three first round picks and they've got 12 expiring contracts and they've got cap flexibility here. And, you know, when does Embiid come back? You kind of, I always thought you kind of just getting like short-term fits, like, Guys like uh, Miles Bridges, you know, guys like mm-hmm. who are kind of like expiring. I mean, you have to, that's a different subject there where you have to basically yep. embrace. There's a lot that comes with that, right? Like that's just not getting a 20 point player. Like, um, so, you know, you, you have to look at like Bruce Brown was another guy, you know, as far as guys, you know, Bruce Brown's a great name because he's got a team option next year. You got no guarantee. You have nothing to, you know, financial obligation here. Um, so Philly is interesting because they have all the the assets to go out and de- go out and do a deal. I mean, I mean, we'll continually hear about the Lakers. I mean, we'll, we'll hear them about them forever, <laughs> forever and ever. Um, and the reality is, is that, and I wrote about it, they've got one first round pick. Okay. In 2029 and outside of AD and LeBron and, and Austin Reeves, what player on that roster has a positive net value in a trade? without attaching a draft pick to improve the roster. It's, it's, you know, Russell Hachimura, nice players, but you know, like you're not getting DeJounte Murray for that, or if that's what you want to, um, that's what you want to do here. You know, I said, you know, back in December and I, and we were all wrong. I said, like, listen, look at keep an eye on what happens in Cleveland. They were 13 and 12 at the time. And, 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 and Garland and uh, Mobley were out, you know, and they were not good and they've been, they've been terrific. Like, you know, Donovan's played great. And that's the big question is like, Donovan's better at point guard. Donovan's yeah. better with the ball in his hand. I saw it. This was like six years ago. I was in Cleveland and um, this is when, oh no, and, I, and he was in Utah and uh, he was played, I think Rubio was out and he played point guard. I was like, he's better with the ball in his hand here. Um, so I think it's, you know, I think, you know, I don't think, you know, certainly there is not, you know, he's not going to be, you know, looking to be moved and stuff like that here. Um, so it's, it's the, the trade deadline. It's, it's interesting because it all takes as one player to be, you know, be disgruntled. Um, we haven't really gotten that, you know, and we've seen a bunch of the trades happen already here. I think what's going to happen is, you know, with the new rules that are coming on with these second apron rules, basically once we get, once the off season starts for some, it's April 15th, a third of the league, it's like a government shutdown. You know, like, th- like this is what's going to happen. Like, you know, and I'm like, I'm feeling like I'm the weatherman saying like, you know, there's a storm <laughs> coming. It ain't coming for three months, but it's coming, man. And I can predict it's going to be 20 inches of snow. 
Like, you know, you look at, you can't, you can't aggregate contracts in a trade. You can't send out cash. You can't, all these different, all your, your trade exceptions basically become frozen. So you better like what you have, you know? And, and does that make teams like, does that make Minnesota all of a sudden now think, you know what? I need to go out and get Tyus Jones because this is the last time I can go out and get him because I can't combine salaries starting in the off season here. So those are the things I would keep an eye on those high spending teams. And we already saw it with when Milwaukee went out and got um, Lillard, that wouldn't have been able to allowed in under these new rules um, this off season, holiday in Boston, Harden in, in, um, in, in the Clippers there here. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's, you know, I don't want to say it's going to be slow, but I think there might be more financial driven trades than we probably have seen in, in the past. Um. So- Great st- uh, uh, trade deadline story. Uh, oh, sorry. I, we, yeah. We kept you over already. I know. No, I, you, oh, trade deadline story. What's my, could be a quick I mean, I had two, like, I mean, I just, I, I mean, listen, the years in Brooklyn were such a blur to me because it was such a, I mean, I don't know if I could say this on T on you this, it was such a shit show because like, it's like three years. Like, I don't even like, like you'll like wake up one morning, like, Oh my God, did that happen in 2014? You know? And I always, I always tell this, I mean, I always tell this story. It's not a trade deadline story okay. is that, and this is a reason why, like I always chuckle when we give grades in the off season and stuff like that, because every, I would say it looks good in paper. And then all of a sudden you start playing and is, you know, after we did all those deals in 2013 and we did the Boston trade and signed Karolinko and like got Sean Livingston. And we were like, man, we got a pretty good team. Our depth, right? Our depth is really good. We go to Duke for training camp. And, um, we were, I had towards the tail end of my career with New Jersey, I sold my house and was renting, which was pretty smart. And, um, I was like a player, right? Like eventually it's something that's going to happen here. So <laughs> might as well start renting. And, um, we go down to Duke and we scrimmage first night and the reserves kicked the living crap out of Garnett, Pierce, Brooke, Joe Johnson, and Darren Williams, like literally like, like 54, like 30. And I call my wife driving home and I said, we are getting fired. Like we are, this is not going to end well. Right. So, so that was, that's, that's not a trade deadline story, but that's always my funny story because I can laugh about it now. I was not laughing then, but the two funny stories for me were Garnett when we traded Garnett to uh, Minnesota. That's right. Um, for Thaddeus Young in 2015. Um, and Garnett's trade, no trade clause carried with him, right? When he got traded from Boston, he had a no trade clause, one of the few that didn't. He had to waive it. And it it continued like Beal and Phoenix. Like he still has a no trade clause. So he gets traded and we get a deal. We're we're gonna trade him to that for Minnesota. He's gonna go home, Minnesota. We're gonna get Thaddeus Young, blah, blah, blah. And it's like 10 to 3. And Garnett has not sent in his paperwork. He had to he had to do an amendment to the to waive his no trade, and then all of a sudden at like two fifty eight, here it comes. And it, he faxed it. Yeah, who who uses a fax? machine? you hear that? You know those. Remember that noise you used to hear when an yep. incoming fax would be coming in. So he faxed it, and we got the deal done, and got that. And then the other thing, real quick, was this was during thirteen fourteen, and this we were spending so much money. I mean, our payroll was like a hundred million, which back then was a lot. And our luxury tax bill was 90, which was extremely a lot, right? This, we had like $190 million in payroll. We go out and we're, we have a deal on the table to get Jordan Hill, the member oh, of the sure. from the Lakers. 
and Nick too. Yeah. And we, we had a trade exception. We were going to acquire him. It was going to cost like an additional, like $50 million, like for three months. Right. And we were like, we were like, I don't, I mean, I don't, I like, I was like, I said to Bill, I was like, I don't feel good about this one, man. Like, I do not feel good about, it's not my money. I do not feel good about this. And Prokhorov was like, if it helps, it helps, you know, do it. And I was just like, I don't think so. We got to call the coach. So we called Jason Kidd and we said, are you going to play this guy? And this goes back to like what we were talking about with Tibbs and it's different. Yeah. It's like the fight, like, and this is where Tibbs will come into the, like, are, we, are you going to play this guy? And Jason was like, I don't think so. I'm not playing. I, I don't think we can find it. And we were like, no, we're not doing it. We can't do it. We can't, I can't live with myself spending $50 million for a three month rental here. So I mean, I can go on and on, but those are the two, the two ones I, you know, I think of, you know, wh- whenever we hit the trade deadline. That's those are. I mean, incredible. we can talk about Dwight in 2011, you know, and you know, we thought we had him in a trade, and we didn't have what? him in a trade. And I heard on the radio, this is before like social media exploded, that Dwight Howard had opted in. Like, there's so many different different things. We don't have enough time, but so many different things. Bobby, I could we could sit here and do an entirely different pod on you <laughs> on just reliving the mellow. Oh my all, God! All that's a whole. That's again. That's, oh, that's a time. different animal. Yeah. Different animal. Different, <laughs> different animal. Different, 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 no, that's a different. That took years. Took years off my life. Took all years off my marriage. I mean, but goodness. <laughs> um, you're incredible. Uh, I, I again, we, we could. We're two nerds, self-admitted nerds, when it comes to cap stuff. So you're you're kind of our like, um, you know, shining star. Speaking of shining stars, I didn't even get the chance to ask you, you know, what's going to happen first. The sun extinguishes itself or uh, the Nets and Knicks uh, complete a trade with each other yeah. after you lit the internet. I think it's going to snow in Southwest Florida. That's what's going to happen first. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Just, you heard it here, folks. Um, you've been incredibly, incredibly generous with your time. Um, typically, this is the part of the show where I ask people if they want to plug or promote anything. Uh, but I think Yeah, we got, them. I mean, Tim Bountense and I have an article coming out on Monday about... Um, about these new rules and how it's going to impact the trade deadline. I think it's a fun article to take a look at. We'll have the trade guide will be continually updated um, on ESPN.com. If you're interested in learning about salary cap, um, I'm te- we're teaching classes in Vegas for Summer League with uh, sportsbusinessclassroom.com. It's been a fun adventure as far as taking that on, as far as learning how the front office works and learning about the cap and all that stuff here. But And then you can just follow me on Twitter and Instagram and everything like that. But we'll have, t- I mean, this will be, We'll have videos out and content, you know, over the next um, over the next week and everything. We got, you know, we get, you got to get, you got to get one of those old Game of Thrones shirts that says "Winter is coming" before the <laughs> before a third of the league goes goes into the deep deep freeze. Um, Bobby Marks, you're the absolute best. Uh, truly, uh, privilege and honor to be able to to pick your brain about this stuff. Thank you so much. I appreciate. It. Thanks, guys. All righty, uh, that was fun. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. That was, as you could probably tell, a thrill for us. And uh, we will try to wrangle Bobby uh, on the pod again at some point in the future to just do exclusively old war stories, which I imagine he has quite a few of, uh, having worked for Mikhail uh, Prokhorov, uh, which I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know how, that, I don't know how it must have gone, but I'm sure it's it must have been interesting. Uh, Jeremy, uh, I'll I'll leave it to you. Uh, an announcement. So here's the deal. We set out to do a lounge with MSG and we first started with our patrons and newsletter subscribers and we were met with a, an overwhelming response. 
we are at the point where we have filled out a lounge and we do have a waiting list. But the idea that came to us was, well, what if we considered the option of a second lounge? And it's something that we feel strongly about that we would love to do. And we just need the the demand to be there in order to open that second lounge. So we wanted to talk to you, the general public, and just inform you on what the deal is. This would be a March 10th game against the Philadelphia 76ers. It'd be 6 p.m. It's a Sunday. The intention, of course, would be to see Joel Embiid play. Hopefully he is healthy enough for that game. But even still, we've done this two years in the past, and we've had a blast. It's been an incredible opportunity where we've been able to do pregame. We might be able to do postgame. We had Nick's alumnus come or alumni because we had two different ones uh, in both years come by. There's food, there's drinks, soft drinks, of course. Uh, and we just have a fantastic time chatting and and getting patrons and fans in general just to know each other. So we want to make this a larger event. And as a result, that's why we're talking on it here. So we're going to post about the event to our social media. We'll probably put it in the free newsletter as well that's out there. So if you don't for whatever sign up for the uh, subscribed one, the, the the paid one that John has, which you probably should, uh, that will be in there too. We want to make this public. We're looking to do this sometime next week. We just want you to fill out the form. I'll be candid. The cost, $215 per ticket. I understand it's not cheap. With that said, it's tickets to a game. It's food. It's really cool experiences within the game that you wouldn't necessarily have. We'd love to extend this to even more people. We'd be bouncing between the lounges to make sure that everyone gets to hang out and spend adequate time. So stay tuned for that. We'll try to publicize it as much as we can. But we'd really love to have the more people, the more the merrier in this case. Can I jump in? Yes. So a general question, Jeremy, would it be helpful if we put this form, the, the interest form, uh, in the episode description that people are listening to at the moment? This is why we keep you around, Andrew. This That is a great idea. We're going to do exactly that. So we will have the form. Please fill it out. It's first come, first served. And we're going to first cater to the people who were on the wait list as well. Um, but even if you feel like you're on the wait list, sign up. Do it. Because there's a chance this spot opens up. Oftentimes, someone will say they want to get the tickets. And then it just doesn't happen. So even if you feel like, I don't have a chance, just do it. Sign up. Best case scenario, you get to go to the game. Worst case scenario, you're on the list. I love it. Um, so, and again, don't worry just for anybody listening who uh, may be a uh, full subscriber to the Substack newsletter. Don't worry. Got all of your emails. You're already on the wait list. So, um, so it's all good. And uh, yeah, but everybody keep an eye out for that and do what you got to do. And uh, we look forward to that being a great outing later in the season. Um, hope you enjoyed the interview with Bobby Marks. And... Last, oh, last but not least, uh, the watch party uh, is going to be Saturday night, tomorrow night at uh, T Squared Social on 42nd Street. We've been promoting the hell out of this thing because uh, we just we're looking forward to having everybody uh, come down. Um, it's going to be a really fun event. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting out and uh, sharing a, a night, hopefully a 10th straight Knicks win uh, with all of our, our closest friends. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Andrew, you're laughing. Everything good? The the phrasing I'm looking forward to getting out that sounded like of the house was the rest of that sentence. Listen, when you're when you have kids, I know when that's why kids, I was it's like you're it's like so clear. You're, you're like oh, so Blink Saturday I'm going to be uh, out of the house. Blink twice if Dolores is in the room. 
Yeah, she's not. She's not. Uh, listen, I wish Dolores was coming with me. Uh, she trust me. She needs to line out way more than I do. Um, but uh, unfortunately, we, we don't have a sitter for this one, so it's just gonna be me flying solo. But uh, no, it'll be it'll be a great time. We look forward to seeing everybody there. And uh, I think that's it. Anything else? That's all. Let's get out of here. All right, uh, everybody have a great weekend. Talk to you soon. Peace out. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.